Hello everyone and welcome to Snatched, a Gay Times original podcast. Each week we'll be reviewing the latest episode of RuPaul's Drag Race UK Season 2, dissecting all of the drama and kaflama, and speaking exclusively with the latest eliminating queen. My name is Sam Damshness and I am the associate editor of Gay Times. Girl, don't you dare undersell yourself. You are the drag race editor, the drag race extraordinaire. I mean, Miss Reddit, Miss Encyclopedia, Miss Wikipedia, they ain't got nothing on you. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> and that gorgeous voice you've just heard there is Umar Sawa, our fashion editor at Gay Times, who has styled many a queen for the pages of our magazine and will be giving his critiques on the week's looks, along with plenty more tea, most likely. Umar, are you ready to get into the nitty and gritty of it all? I mean, I'm ready. Are you ready? Oh, oh, oh I'm ready. Are you ready? I think I'm ready. On this week's episode, we will be looking back at the instantly iconic second season of Drag Race UK, counting down our five favourite moments from the series and speaking with some special guest stars. Not only that, we will be spilling the tea on what we want to see on season three, which has been confirmed to air later this year. I repeat, later this year. Right, I don't know about you, Umar, but season two of Drag Race UK has been... And you know, I'm not one to be dramatic. One of the most legendary, groundbreaking, and revolutionary pieces of art that I've ever seen in my lifetime. Wow, what a statement. I <laughs> concur with all of that sentiment. I think it was gorgeous from start to finish. From season one to season two, what growth, what an evolution. I loved it. Yeah. Well, let's talk about the season, shall we? So what did we like in particular? I mean, there's a lot of things that we can discuss here, right? I mean, perfect season from head to toe. I mean, there were more gags than ever before. Let's just start with that, all right? I can't think of another Drag Race season where the shock factor was at an all-time high. From Joe Black, Estina Mandela, and Ginny Lemon's eliminations. Veronica Green's disqualification. H&M Gate. Bing, bang, motherfucking bong. And that final. I mean, so many gags. So many gags. And I think that goes straight to the casting. I think there was something about the assortment of queens and each kind of personality and type of drag they brought to the show that just ranked it up. 10 gears and no shade but I think when you compare the season one queens I think the season one queens are quite family friendly I think they're the kind of queens that your parents and your grandparents would kind of relate to but I think the season two queens were just a lot more cooler and they had their finger on the current pulse of what's going on in the world if that makes sense it just felt more current and fresh and Revitalised. Yeah. I mean, we have to give a shout out, though, to Crystal's moment on Drag Race UK Season 1, where she took a chainsaw to her nether regions. I mean, that yeah. was that was not a family-friendly moment. Absolutely not. But mm. I, I understand what you mean. The assortment of queens this season. We had Ginny Lemon, Kooky. We had Fashion, Ahura, Bimini. We had Dancers. Tace, Astina, we had comedy, Sister Sister, Lawrence. You know, we we had the fucking lot, right? We were spoiled this season. We were spoiled. And I think there was a bit for everyone. Like, we had the classic drag from Joe Black. We had young 
beauty queens like Ellie Diamond, who are, like, only 21. So I think the range of ages and shapes and sizes and faces, I think it just made into a wonderful cocktail. I like that analogy. Yeah, I agree with you. Yeah, and we just sipped it up. Yeah. And do you know what? Compared to past... Well, not past... I mean, I'd say recent US drag race seasons, right? It feels like... There's a, oh, how do I put this politely, less producer interference, right? Because it feels like recently there's been talks about US seasons, quote unquote, carrying contestants to the final due to Ooh. their personality in order to, you know, boost ratings, etc. Keep the drama and that can flama there. But Are you naming names? I'm not, no. Oh, <laughs> well, okay, well, one thing I will say is, and this is no shade to the queen I'm about to mention. This is no shade. Season seven, Drag Race. I don't think Pearl had any business being in that top three when Kennedy was there. What a rogue dragging. <laughs> what did Pearl do? No, I love Pearl. I do love Pearl. But I think even she'll admit that maybe she was carried to the finale. I don't know. This is no shade to Pearl. I love Pearl. I think each queen's personality and friendship and dynamic and kind of, whether it was tense moments like a horror versus the whole of the work group <laughs> or whether it was like bonding moments between Bimini and Ginny. I just think all of the queens, they just interacted so well with each other and brought the best out of each other. So when you have a strong lineup, you don't need to add all that producer fiddling editing magic shenanigans. <laughs> yeah. And the interactions were pure. When there was drama, it felt like it was real. Right? We had um, a horror facing off with Tia Coffee at times. Lawrence Cheney facing off with Sister Sister and... No, not Sister Sister. Lawrence Cheney facing off against Ellie Diamond with a horror. You know, we had a lot of drama, but it felt real. And then when there were real moments, such as Bimini and Ginny Lemon's, you know, really sincere talk about their non-binary identities. I mean, that was gorgeous. That was, like, groundbreaking for television in the UK, seeing two drag queens talk about their non-binary identities using that conversation as a prime example how do you feel the show impacted queer culture as a whole and how do you think it kind of fits into the whole hall of fame of drag race well it feels like this season's had a huge impact on pop culture and viewers around the world i mean i think that's mainly in part to our lockdown situation right I've been watching since the very early seasons of Drag Race um, US, and I don't think there's ever been this much buzz around a season on social media before. Uh, it helps that this season has been absolutely jaw-dropping, but it also helps due to how real and authentic it felt. On social media, after Ginny and Bimini's conversation, we saw so many gender non-conforming uh, viewers around the world thanking them, praising them for speaking about such a delicate topic on the BBC. And for inspiring them to come out to, whether that's, you know, family, friends, their workplace. Uh, it just it just proves the impact of the show. How impactful it can be 13 years in. Totally. And I think what was quite refreshing, because the UK season was being shown in parallel to the US season, I think we saw a lot of, like, crossover of those queens. Like, even with Bimini sharing their story and then that coinciding with got mixed journey on the u.s yeah. season i feel like i know i know a lot of people like picking which one's better or which one's doing the job of entertaining the masses better than the other but i think on a whole i think both of the seasons 
it was nice to see that crossover in narrative and the differences between UK drag and US drag. So I think that was another interesting thing. Yeah, and one of the most prominent concerns fans have had about the series over the years is that, you know, we are 13 US seasons in, two UK seasons in, five seasons of All Stars, you know, on and on. But there hasn't been that much diversity when it comes to gender identity. And we had two seasons concurrently with two gender non-conforming contestants. And they were flying the motherfucking flag for all the queers out there everywhere. And I think it just shows that... Flying it hard. Flying it, flying it, baby. And I think this is going to inspire RuPaul, WoW Presents Plus World of Wonder, whoever is in charge, to hire more diversity. We we want it. We need it. Mm. Look at the impact. 100%. And I think we're going to get into it a little bit later. But the topic of diversity, I think... This is the time to expand it as far as it can go on gender identity, sexuality, bio queens, and obviously race as well. Like, I think mm-hmm. opening the doors to so many different cultures, religions, and queens from different backgrounds, I think that's that's an exciting process to look forward to, I think, going forward after this season. Yeah. I recently updated my ranking of all 19 seasons of Drag Race. Um, oh my god. Yeah. Of I course mean, all- you would. <laughs> These are all seasons that have RuPaul on, on hosting duties, okay? So it doesn't include Canada or Holland or Thailand. And I placed this season at number three, just below six wow. and All Stars 2. How do you feel about that ranking? Do you agree with that? Or would you place it higher, lower? Like, I want to gauge your thoughts on that, Uma Sawa. We've all established my amnesia is <laughs> just... It oh, the amnesia's up. real. <laughs> it flares up. Um, I can't control her. She just, she just, she comes unannounced. And it's like, wow, you thought you had the knowledge, you don't. So, what I will say, what season two did to combat my amnesia, I think for the first time, there were so many iconic moments that I just don't think you can ever forget it. Do you know what I mean? Like, just moments like Ginny self-exiting, Veronica getting cancelled by COVID but coming back (laughs) for the finale. Even just the looks and bing, bang, bong, like all of these (laughs) standout moments. Even Rats the Rusical. I feel like pretty much every episode there was an iconic moment. It's just memorable. I won't get this out of my brain anytime soon and I think sometimes some seasons they can be good in the moment but um it might take a couple of reruns or rewatches to really soak it in but I think with this one everything just hit the ground running I know what you mean there's been a few seasons of Drag Race where at the time it was like oh this is sickening yes gag worthy god <laughs> sickening, yes <laughs> boots house dad you know but then like a few months later we've forgotten about everything <laughs> Every single thing that happened. But I I, I agree with the UK season two. We are not going to forget. Also, at this stage, let's be honest, there is a huge influx of drag content. Like, it is expanding. It's like season after season after season. There's not much breathing room in between. So I think for season two, to just stand out amongst the pack of everything that's going on in the drag universe, I think that is just commendable. Commendable. I think that's obviously a testament to the queens, right? I think they they did the job. Well, speaking of queens, I got a chance to speak to Dundee's baby doll, Ellie Diamond. 
and she told me how she thinks season two stacks up against the other seasons and what made this particular installment of Drag Race so iconic. On discussion of season two, so it was one of the most entertaining seasons in Drag Race history. Thanks to the shock eliminations, the lip syncs, the maxi challenges, the drama, it kind of breathed new life into the franchise. In your opinion, what made this season so special? The queens, girl, the queens. That's what I think. That's what makes any sort of season of Drag Race special. Like, think, think back to season six. Think back to season six. Um, like those, all those queens are sort of have their own unique style of drag, and they're also thrown in the deep end. Like, like I'm just Jenny Lemon. I mean, like me and Adore are very similar. Lawrence is Bianca Del Rio. Courtney acts like like Ahora or Bimini or Taste. Like everyone's got their own sort of personal flair and their own sort of personal taste of the art form of drag and that's what makes the season special because all of us combined then creates a really good uh, bunch of girls and a, a fierce cast yeah i mean personally I've, I've never seen so much buzz around a season of drag race before ever on social media oh my god no literally social media has literally just gone crazy over the past couple of uh, months from the show airing and whatnot it's just like that's what uh, social media i love like uh, instagram i love twitter and those uh, spaces are really place for all the fans to come together and just have a big discussion of the show whether that be good or bad good or bad you yeah and mm-hmm. um, but that's the kind of thing you, that i've learned anyway with drag race is that like you kind of need to take the bad to get the good um, and it's unfortunate that the bad has to come, but the bad has to come for then the good to arrive. For every bad comment, there's a good comment. For every, um, you know what I mean? It, 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 it counteracts itself. Like, I literally this morning, I had a message saying, fuck you, you shouldn't have made it to the top four. And then the next message was literally like, you're, uh, congratulations on making top four, you deserve it. So I'm like, which one do I, like, that for me in my brain, I go, which one do I want to pay attention to? Which one do I want to feed into my body, in my brain, and let that really soak and sink in? And for me, I girl, I can't be fucked if you don't think I should be in the top four. I cannot be fucked. So it's like, what am I going to take? The negative or the good? So I, just, I always take the good. I always look for good and everything. So I want to ask you, we've had 19 seasons of RuPaul's Drag Race. RuPaul's Drag Race. Oh. I know. I mean, it's going to be like 30 in a couple of years. Where would you rank UK season two? Within the 13. With, yeah, but within all of the seasons, how would you rank it? With Where would you put it? Within, like, the top five, I think. I mean, everyone's biased. So whether you're on season, like, season shite, I don't know what, see what season that would be, but season shite, even if you're on that season, you're going to be like, oh, we're top one bitches, we're yeah. top one queens. So, I mean, but, like, everyone's going to say that, but, like, I genuinely think from the fandom, from the fan base, from the people that I love and appreciate the show, like, within top five, without a doubt without a doubt top five for me anyways and I'm biased because I was on the season but like if I was watching it as just like a drag fan it would have been a good season I mean I can't complain oh that was such a delightful interview <laughs> um I feel like me and you should go to Scotland I feel oh. like we we should go to the Dundee part of the UK and experience Ellie Diamond on a on a on a stage in Scotland, I think. Right. Okay. Yeah, no, I'm I'm completely down for that, Uma, but you still haven't come to visit me in Devon yet. So I don't think we can you make You haven't of... invited me, oh, so right. okay. let's let's not get into that, I, honey. I ha- I'm still waiting uh, uh, <laughs> I'm still waiting for my invitation. Okay, all right, okay. Um we won't bore you guys with this <laughs> with no, this no. drama. <laughs> By the way, I have invited him guys, okay. I'm not I'm not I I did invite him. 
Okay, so because we all love a list, we love a listicle, we love a top 10 countdown, top 5 countdown, whatever it is, Umar and I have come to an agreement on our top 5 favourite moments of mm. Drag Race UK Season 2. Uh, just bearing in mind, guys, that were a lot of iconic moments, as we established earlier, so there are some that might not make the cut, but, you know, we had to do it. Okay, so... Yeah, and we applied science to this we applied we applied physics math yes and a little bit of chemistry and we consulted with nasa who is vanessa uh, oh no i said we consulted with nasa i was going off on your scientific oh. thing <laughs> i was trying to be funny i was like who is vanessa <laughs> um, no no <laughs> Vanessa and NASA. Oh, no, yeah, we we got her together. She was like, right, this is it. So I think we're ready to reveal our findings. As I say in the intro, are you ready to get into the nitty and the gritty of it all? I'm ready. I think I'm ready. Okay. <laughs> Number five, five feeling, feeling alive. alive. And at number five, we have Veronica Green not returning to the competition due to her COVID diagnosis. I mean, Uma, this was, I feel like this was the moment that kind of changed Drag Race UK for the rest of the season. This is the moment that changed the world. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Veronica was a strong contender for that crown. Yeah. Wasn't she? I mean, do you think she would be... Anywhere near that top five, if she had advanced further? That's a good question. I think she would have. Because you've got to remember, that episode was something out of casualty. Like, the drama, like, everything stopped. All of the queens froze. The cameras, the, the TV screen. The world. Mama Rue was like, everyone get out. Get out. Run for <laughs> your lives. And you had Veronica standing there in her snake Medusa get out. Oh. <laughs> I mean, that was the last we ever saw of her. <laughs> yeah, and do you know what? In the episode before, well, that it was that episode actually, wasn't it? It was at the start. She was like basically declaring war on her contestants. Like, do you know exactly. what? You haven't she... seen what I can give you, and I'm about to give you everything. And then five minutes later, oh, sorry, she's not coming back. <laughs> she was like, five minutes later, she got her COVID test. It's positive. Get out. Yeah, she was rearing up to attack the competition. Like, she was ready to prove her importance and her drag and we kind of saw what the queen started doing to sister sister and ellie diamond they kind of veronica was the first kind of guinea pig for that where they were all kind of turning against her not in a malicious way but kind of rattling her cage if you will and then everything just got cancelled everything just went silent so it was very sad to see well, do you know what? Veronica's coming back for season three, which is amazing. But the Ooh. question is, is she going to be a Shangela and Eureka? You know, when they both kind of came back a season later and kind of conquered the competition, got to like the final five. Or is she going to be a Cynthia Lee Fontaine who returned the season later and kind of didn't show much more? I'm hoping it's going to be the former. I think she's going to come in and she's going to slay the entire motherfucking thing. The little that we did see of Veronica, we saw she is a good singer. musical, yeah, like yeah. a musical singer. She can dance. Her runway wasn't abysmal. Her runway 
was oh, good. Oh, she was great. She did the whole WandaVision thing, remember? Before WandaVision was, she even knew what it was. She saw into the future and it shook, <laughs> it shook Twitter up. I mean, I don't know how long she's had to prepare for um, season three, if she's going to appear in it. But I'm sure that's enough time to perfect your drag. Plus, we never saw her snatch game and stuff like that. And I think she must have prepared and have had a couple of tricks up her sleeve. So, yeah, I feel like we're looking at a fierce contender. You've got to look on the bright side, right? This has done... I think this will be great for her career overall. Uh, she got her time on season two. She, you know, she made headlines uh, with her win, with her gorgeous Maxi Challenge win for the Rats musical. She left, and now all eyes on her are going to be... Well, all, all, all eyes are going to be on her when she comes back for season three. Mm. I mean, I'm getting my words muddled here because I'm excited thinking about it, thinking about what she's going to bring. We know how determined and competitive she is, so... Feisty. Can we call her frontrunner already for season three without knowing the cast? I mean, calm down, girl. We haven't even so, seen... I get the... so excited! <laughs> <laughs> we haven't even seen any of the... Any of the promotional images or anything. I don't need to. I'm standing for Veronica. I'm standing Well, at. if season three is anything to go off by season two, I think we're looking at another... The level, the bar is just going to go higher and higher. So, I mean, yeah, Veronica, I think she'll, she'll slay to live another day, I think. Number four, death drop to the floor. And in our fourth position, it is... Bimini with her instantly iconic Snatch Game impersonation of Katie Price. I mean, she proved she was a force to be motherfucking reckoned with in this challenge. And that, Katie Price. I mean, honey, it was in the press everywhere. Oh my God, it was... I, I can't even do it. It's just like, <laughs> I'm quite surprised. The price is... Well, I can't even do it, honey. Yeah, I can't you can. Even... No, why do it when Bim- Bimini did it? To perfection, do you well, know just, what I mean? Just say puss. Price. No, no, I'm saying press, like, because she said... Oh. In... <laughs> I thought you were saying price. No, she was saying, I've been in the puss. Do you remember? She said, I've been oh, in the puss. I've been in the puss. No, no, you need to do it like P-W-E-S-S, puss, puss. I've been in the puss. No, uh, you, you're oh, not going to get it. Do no. you know what? I'm Essex as it is. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Get a couple of drinks with me. I'll get that Essex accent out easily. Oh, but um, good. I think she <laughs> she kind of blew the panel away. And I just think it was no one else's game but Bimini's in that moment. Like, she she did the damn thing. Yeah. Um, I just want to ask you, Uma, like, where do you think that would rank in top Snatch Game performances in history? I mean, at the moment in my uncle, I have Alaska as Mae West in number one. And Ben La Creme as Maggie Smith in number two. Jinx Monsoon as Little Edie in number three. Do you think it can reach those heights, uh, levels of iconic? Or do you think it's a bit further down? No, I think it could. I think it's... I mean, I'm not a good ranker, so I I wouldn't know <laughs> how to rank it, but I would say it will live the test of time. Like, it was funny. Number three, sipping some tea. And in the number three position is the now infamous H&M Gate with RuPaul, Mr. RuPaul Charles and Mr. Joe Black. Um, I don't know about you, Umar. I mean, I've said this, I've, I've said it so many times, but when I was watching that moment, I, my heart was pounding like I've just been for a five mile run. I didn't know what was going to happen. I was so scared 
good for Joe. Poor Joe, because Joe seems like a really nice person. Well, Joe is. I've spoken to her a couple of times. I don't think she deserved that. I mean, the ground was shaking, and I think everyone else was as well. I, it was just... It was tense. I, I, it was, I don't even know. If I was... In Joe's position, I've said it before, I'd want the ground to just swallow me up right then and there. I mean, I know RuPaul has had a few blow-ups on the main stage. He did it uh, on season seven, uh, you know, because of the Shakespeare challenge. You know, when that went horribly wrong, he... Oh, yeah. He went bonkers at them. Him and Asia O'Hara had a bit of a... A bit <gasps> of conflict yeah. in the season 10 Wake reunion. Up, um... No, this was to do with... Um, the vixen walking off the reunion. Oh yeah, drama. I'm saying I'm yeah. saying wake up Pearl was just another Oh yeah, wake up Pearl was another one. Madness. But I feel like I feel like this moment was the most iconic RuPaul fiery moment since season one. You know, I don't see you walking children in nature that when him and Tammy Brown had that. Because this this yielded <laughs> one of the most iconic quotes. <laughs> I mean that um excuse your mouth moment was excuse your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> that was the moment. It was lockdown. I think lockdown made RuPaul cranky and kooky. And when she said, I don't want to see no fucking H&M, I think those words rippled and caused avalanches and earthquake. It was that scary. Well, Uma, have you even seen a H&M since that moment? I think they've all closed down. They've left. They left the chat. They've sashayed away from the high street. Number, Number two, two, hey, Mama And in the runner-up position, we have the self-elimination from one Ginny Lemon. Oh. <laughs> Uma, we've seen some self-eliminations in the past, right? We've seen Benjela Creme hold up her name on All Stars 3. We've had a door leave willingly. But this one, this one, never has a queen started lip-syncing and then thought, do you know what? I'm going to go off the stage and not come back. What a gag. What a gag. And it was just so effortlessly done. It was like, she's going to the back of the stage. She thought she was going to do a stunt and roly-poly down the runway. And no, she was like, I'm out. I'm done. Yeah, it's the way she looked at the panel, yeah. the contestants as she left, and just left. I mean, that is classic Ginny Lemon, though, right? We've come to expect some out-of-the-box things for Ginny, and this completely fits with her character. People say, you know, go, if you're going on Drag Race, play by the rules, be respectful, don't disrespect Mama Rue's competition, right? I think Rue was living for this, personally. Rue is a businesswoman, right? She's won Emmy after Emmy. She knows what makes great television. I think when Ginny left that stage and didn't come back, Rue was like, thank you, Ginny, for providing us with some fantastic television. Thank you for the views, and... The headlines. The puess. The puess. <laughs> I think it was quite punk. It was quite rock and roll. Typical Ginny. And I think by that point, you know, they they were moulding her into something she clearly didn't want to be. I mean, when they told her to change the face to be a bit more glamorous, the prosthetic tits, all of that stuff, I think she just got to the point where it was like, You've had it, I'm off. And more power to her. Yeah, and when I spoke to Ahura after her elimination, she told me that for that challenge, all of the contestants thought Ahura and Ginny were going to be vying for that win. And then Ginny was in the bottom. So I think at that point, she was just like, I've, I've had it. Like, I'm gone. See you later. Sayonara. 
Sayonara. And also, like, it just proves that you, the format of Drag Race, it can be a beautiful thing, but not every queen fits into it. And not every queen wants to mm. show range that's not within their own range. Number, Number one. one. UK, UK hun. And now for our top spot. Can we get a drum roll, please? It's UK Hun. I mean, does that come as a surprise to anyone? It's got it's gotta be, right? Bang bang pong, I mean. Sing sang song. Sing sang song. It was uh, it was just reliving that moment. I think I've never seen anything. I've never seen anything like it. It was gold. At the time I thought, oh, this is challenging. Read you wrote you for the most iconic musical number in history. Now that we've had time to reflect, you know, five, six weeks later, I'm going to go on a limb and say that this is the number one best musical number in Drag Race history. And that's that. I agree. <laughs> I think, I don't know, I think Read You Wrote You was the first time we saw something of that level. Mm -hmm. But then Roxy's verse, it was iconic. For all the good and the wrong reasons. Yeah. But with UK Hunt, I think all of them were just on a level with each other. I mean, something like Bing Bang Bong, you can get really repetitive after a while. But I just think all the verses, the looks, everything just worked really well. And now they're going to Australia, apparently, on a tour. So the power of Bing Bang Bong. It's like, you know, you think of a, of a really classic pop song. And you think, what was life like before that? What was life like before Baby One More Time? You know? I can't remember life before the Bing Bang Bong. I cannot remember. And do you know what? I don't want it. I don't, I don't fucking <laughs> want it. You're equating Bing Bang Bong with a Big Bang. I mean... Oh, yes. If we're going to bring NASA back into this, then yeah, yes. Yeah, like, I think life was reborn with that moment and that performance. Yeah, and I'm going to, you know, reiterate what I said earlier. I've never seen so much talk on social media about a specific Drag Race moment before, honestly. Mm. Bing Bang Bong, Sing Sang Song, Ding Dang Dong, every tweet, a meme about that moment, you know, everything. This is what we live for. This is television. This is why we have felt alive in lockdown. I mean, a bit alive, you know, because of what's going on, but... Is British TV at its finest? Correct. <laughs> <laughs> Uma, I'm going to stop you right there so we can go to our ad break. We'll be back after this to chat about season three and everything we want to see before another one of our special guest stars chimes in and spills the tea and nothing but the tea. Did you know that Gay Times Plus members get more from the world of Gay Times? <gasps> I did not. Tell me more. They enjoy the full, uncensored episodes of Snatched. <gasps> I mean, us uncensored sounds like trouble, but let's go. We're adding more benefits all the time, and the memberships are available anywhere in the world. And we love an international hunt. So make sure you sign up and join our growing community of LGBTQ plus people just like you. Learn more and sign up at gaytimesplus.com. That's gaytimesplus.com. Click, click. Okay, so what do we want to see from season three, Umar? Right? Because this one is going to be pretty hard to top. Um, and it's coming later on this year. I mean, <laughs> it's coming soon. It's, it's already been done. I mean... <laughs> yeah, they're probably filming the finale right now as we speak. They're going to listen to this 
feedback round of the podcast and be like, right, scrap the filming, <laughs> scrap whatever we just filmed, we need to redo it. <laughs> Let's listen to Sam and Umar, like they are advisors from now on. We're market research. <laughs> Well, I'm going to start off with lip sync choices, okay? Because, you know, I love my lip syncs. They're my favourite part. This season, we did have some really good song choices. From Dua Lipa's Don't Start Now to Elton John's I'm Still Standing. And, you know, Steps Lasting on My Mind. I know that last one might be a bit of a controversial pick, but you know how much I love Steps. But I want to see some more anthems that are quintessentially British, Irish, Scottish, you know, from the UK, okay? So I don't want to see... Personally, I don't want to see any ballads. I'm not a ballad person. I want to see a season chock full of S Club 7, Atomic Kitten, Sugar Babes, Girls Aloud, Ooh. Spice Girls, Charlie XEX. You know what I mean? Ooh. I I think it needs to be upbeat all the time. I mean, Taste gave us a great lip sync to memory, um, but I don't want any obscure choices. Um, no. I mean, imagine yeah. how good it would be if the Queen's... We're on the stage, about to do a lip sync showdown, and you hear, it's murder on the dance floor. <laughs> Can you imagine? I agree. I think we need anthems. I think we need something to shake the whole goddamn room. And whilst we're at it, I think the lighting technician and the cameraman, no shade to them. I bet they could step their game up just a little bit. Oh. In terms of filming that dynamic moment because there's something about the US lip sync smackdowns where like the lights go down. Yeah. I don't know, there's like camera tricks or just angles or something. It's just, it's all spliced and edited together more dramatically. Whereas I think the UK lip syncs, we all agree, they never really take us fully there. Even when Tia Coffee did the knee drop, yeah. it's not a gag, it's just a knee drop. Right. And then you have RuPaul's, like, gagging at it. But it doesn't translate as well. Yeah. So, lighting technician one and cameraman three, <laughs> step it up. <laughs> wow, yeah, okay. Yeah, I, I see what you mean. Yeah, the, the US lip syncs do feel a bit more of an event, right? Like you said, mm. when the cameras go down, it feels more exciting, personally, for me. And, yeah, I, I think you're right. I think there's something with the, the camera angles, because... Do, do you know what? I'm going to delete everything I just said, and I just think, in the future, right, I want to see the lip sync exactly how it is. I want one camera shot from Rue's view of the stage, and I want to see it play out exactly. You know? Oh, okay. You want a POV, okay, I want a girl. POV. I, I want to see every single stunt they pull. I don't want one camera on one queen when another queen's pulling another stunt that we don't see. Ooh, I don't yeah. want the camera to, to trick us into believing one queen did better. I want... The truth. Oh, girl, you're after democracy, and <laughs> I don't think we're going to get no. it. <laughs> well, speaking about what we want to see on season three, I think challenge-wise, I liked Rats the Rusical, don't get me wrong, but not the best musical out there, if I'm going to be oh, honest. Oh, I thought it was pretty I think... good. I really enjoyed it. I mean, it wasn't Madonna the Rusical, which was brilliant. I agree. No, I, I liked Rats the Rusical. I just think adding on, maybe if it was, like you said, the history of girl power Rusical with the Sugar Babes and the Girls Aloud and 
Spice Girls songs all kind of mixed in. But then they did do that in um Umar, they could do all-star. they could do a sugar bake through the corp because there were so many different members. They could use all the bloody queens as alternate members. Oh my god. That would break the internet. Oh. I mean the Muchia King. Yeah, get Muchia on the panel. She'd love it. Get Muchia. And then it could be like, the lip sync song could be like, I'm just a real girl. <laughs> oh, no, <laughs> come on now. No, no, no. That's where I've got to step in here. You're going to choose. No, it's going to be round, it's round. It's going to be round, round. Push the button. Or if they're going to go for a ballad, too lost in you. Do you know what I mean? Like, hole in the head, red dress. Oh, so many iconic classics. <laughs> oh, girl. I'm getting excited. <laughs> Also, the acting challenges, like we said, Beastenders was great. It was a step in the right direction. A, a massive step for <laughs> mankind. <laughs> I think they could, maybe early on in the season with more queens, they could tap into, you know, iconic camp British TV, like the footballers' wives, like bad girls, even a bit of casualty in Holby yes. City. I mean, I know they did Gay's Anatomy. Yeah. In the US, but um, I think they could tap into those kind of scenarios. I think that'll be quite funny to see. Yeah, I want to see Tanya Turner parodied in some form on this show. <gasps> Get Zoe Lucker on the episode as well. Well, we're talking about guest judges. I mean, there's so many more people that could be sitting in that judging seat. I do mean, you know who I want? Who do you want? I'm not sure if you've ever heard of her, but I really want Pam St. Clements. <laughs> Huh? <laughs> <laughs> what a that's what, what you call an joke. Easter egg. Um, <laughs> that's, that's an Easter egg. That's an Easter egg. That's an Easter egg. I think. I think so. I mean, yeah, you have to. <laughs> you have to be a loyal <laughs> listener to get it. Um, and I think we do have some. So that's great. Okay, who do you want to see? Who do you want to see? I don't know. It depends on the challenge. I think Joanna Lumley and Jennifer Saunders are up there for me still, and I think it's time. That's a good one. I mean, people like Nigella Lawson, like Talisa, the female boss. I would love to see that. Right, I'm going to put you on the spot then. Which Talisa song? Um, Right answer, because what song can you choose? (laughs) (laughs) And then obviously, you know, supermodels like Naomi Campbell and Kate Moss. I think, especially if they've been referenced so many times by the queens, especially queens like Tace, who kind of reference her i think it's about time she steps on um the ruse stage i think but imagine if she was on the stage at a time when Rick taste wasn't there that would feel so oh like it oh we just need to see those two worlds collide personally oh we do i think it will happen in recent u.s seasons there's been a live finale a li- well not a live finale but a lip sync smackdown in front of a mm. an audience which has always been very exciting well it was exciting at the start is this something you want to see the uk do I think it would be fun. We would be front row and centre for that. I mean, I think it would be fun. I don't know how they would do it in a refreshed way because I feel like this season's proven that it can stand alone from the US format. So I don't know how they would reinvent it. But then also, I think what we would hope to see going forward, I think for me personally... Definitely more Asian queens. The diversity issue, like, they did have diversity in, the, in this season, but I just think they could have pushed it further. Mm-hmm. I mean, the Asian representation wasn't there right. this season, both South Asian and Eastern Asian. Mm-hmm. And I think, especially with, with what's going on right now in 
you know, today's climate. Yeah. I think those are discussion points that I would like to see raised in the show. Because, I mean, we all laugh at the moments of, like, staring at the mirror and giving your sub story. But I think those moments are still impactful when it's about the conversations in our community that are kind of not difficult to share, but that don't get addressed every day. And now that the audience is getting bigger and all eyes are on this show, I think diversity on a race level, as we mentioned, more trans queens coming into the the workroom. I mean, the non-binary discussion was great, but just exploring that further and really giving those a platform of authentic expression, I think that would be great to see. So... Producer, you better get on it. That's all I'm saying. (laughs) Yeah, I concur. I mean, UK is pretty diverse when it comes to drag talent, right? You go to any drag bar on a weekend, you know, well, pre-lockdown, you'll see a mixture of, of entertainers. Right, you'll see, you'll see yeah. trans, you'll see gender non-conforming, you'll see cis, you'll see white, you'll see black, you'll see Asian, and you'll see drag kings. You'll see so many a, pl- a plethora mm. of drag entertainers. So I feel like, yeah, I want this better represented on season three. A hundred percent. I think we're ready for it. We're dying for it. So you better deliver <laughs> it, BBC. It's time for another special guest star, and this time it's Worcester icon and legend Ginny Lemon, who tells me what she wants to see from season three. So Ginny, what would you like to see personally from season three of Drag Race UK? Diversity. (laughs) (laughs) I personally want to see lots more diversity. I think it's time that we have kings, and I don't like the term AFAB. I don't know, it's quite controversial, but... Those blessed with a vagina from birth competing and basically for any uh, rules or regulations about anyone competing is gone out the window. So I'd love to see a a hugely diverse cast of of all people um, and all abilities and all races. That's exactly what I'd like to see. And I'd want to see some, I want to see more regional drag. (laughs) I want to see more regional drag and I want to see more of what, the pockets of the UK has to offer. I, I mean, it's great having city representation, but it would be great to get somebody from like the arsehole village of nowhere, wouldn't it? <laughs> Who's just done drag in like the, the pub or just in their house. And I'd like, I, I much prefer that. Somewhere no no city going, you know, a, a raw, a farming drag queen. I'd like to see a farmer drag queen. Yeah. Well, I'm in Devon. I can try and find some farming drag queens, I'm sure. There's quite yeah, a I'm sure there's some there. I'm sure there's some there. <laughs> well, that's what I'd like to say. I'd like to see my sister, Why She Black, on the show. Yeah. And I'd like to see somebody do Ginny Lemon for Snatch Game. <laughs> what tips? Because then they could just walk them. off. They could just walk off. <laughs> yeah, get up and walk off every question. Easy, done. Okay, so you've given me Yishi Black? Is that how you pronounce it? Yishi Black? Why She Black? Or Why as you... I like to call her, Yishi Blanca. <laughs> okay, Why She Black? Tell me, who else do you want to see? What contestants do you want to see on there? Oh, I'd love to see uh, Midjeet Bardot, mm-hmm. um, who's a wonderful performer called Tammy Reynolds, who, you, who you've nodded as if you don't know, so you'll have to Google them now because you don't I... know who that is. <laughs> Midjeet Bardot. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd love to see Sharon Legrand, um, a Liverpoolian living in London, a fabulous, mm-hmm. amazing performer. Oh, and I'd love to see, and I always say his name wrong. Is it Chiro? Oh, right. Yeah. Is it 
I was pronouncing it Chio, so I don't... Could be Chio, could be Chio. I always pronounce it wrong. No, I could be getting it wrong. I'm not very good with pronunciation, to be honest with you. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, the whole cast of season three is already leaked, isn't it? So we know who we're talking about. Oh, okay. I'm going to get on the Reddits now. I'm going to (laughs) go... I'm going to get on the... Are you not on it? No, no, I've not seen it yet. Usually I'm quite on it. Usually I I get on to the... Because there's a spoiled Reddit thing, isn't there? Yeah, yeah. They all know it. It's it's a very leaky set. I don't... I personally don't go on it, but I have spoken to other people and, you know, other other people that might, might be in it. So... Yeah, yeah, it's all online. I think it's all online. But I've named the people that I'd like to see, that I'd like to see on it. It shocks me how they've got all of the information. Because I remember a few years ago when they, they knew that Ben Zuckerman was going to be walking off All Stars 3. Well, I say years ago. That was like five minutes ago, really, wasn't it? Because it goes so fast. Well, in fact, terms, it could have been 20 years ago. It doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, it just it baffles me. There's some drag detectives in that, mm. in that record. I think, you know... <laughs> You see all these people because it's amazing that people think it's us sometimes. Because I think, do you really think we have the time to go online and talk about work? No, I don't think so. And then you see all these people scurrying about the set that have also signed these NDAs and they're looking at mm. you. And I think, oh no, like you just know the type. I'm not saying, but you know the type mm. of, you can see it in their face. And I'm like, well, you're straight on Reddit, aren't you? This little oh. like person working for the studio <laughs> straight on Reddit. Oh god, is it the gay intern? Who is it? Don't don't I don't want names, obviously, but like I'm not labeling, I'm not labeling, but you put the nail on the head there, babe. Nail on the head. What do I want to see? What I'd like to see, challenge-wise, I'd like to see um some some like pig wrangling. So like pig herding of cattle. I'd love to see some herding of cattle. Yeah. Yeah. I'd love to see like soggy biscuit, another good option. As a main challenge, that would be quite nice. What else could they do? Uh, they could all learn the boom whackers. What? You know, like they're like pipes that go punk, 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 punk. Bell ringing. I'd like to see right. bell ringing. Okay. Not bell ringing. People know that. Are those the sort of answers you wanted? <laughs> Pretty. That's perfect. That's perfect. Yeah. Thank you. Pig wrangling, bell ringing. Um, and soggy biscuit. That's it. Well, any, any, what else do they do? So, uh, so I want to see what do they want to do. I want to see um, RuPaul wear a set of nails when she's sat on the panel. That would be nice. Does she not wear? I'm just trying to think. Does she not wear nails? Have a look. Have a look. When she sat down on the panel, blunt. Okay. Well, well that's okay. it. That's it. That's me in the papers tomorrow. Now, four more stories. <laughs> Fucking hell! There's my headline: exclusive Ginny Lemon slams RuPaul <laughs> again. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay, I'm gonna have to analyze every single episode now after you just told me that piece of information. So, is there anything you want to say to the listeners of Snatched this podcast? <laughs> How's that? Well, there you have it. (laughs) More diversity for season three. We want to see RuPaul with some nails. And I hope you all enjoyed those beautiful words of wisdom from Ginny Lemon. Just beautiful. 
Our next week's episode, we'll be diving into some of the most legendary lip syncs in Drag Race history and proposing the question, what makes an iconic lip sync? We'll also be chatting with one of the fiercest entertainers in the Drag Race franchise, and we're keeping that under wraps for now. We're going to keep it a surprise. Uma, say dog. 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 <laughs> Snatched is a Gay Times original podcast. Subscribe and listen to more episodes on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Make sure you're following at Gay Times on all major social media platforms for the latest LGBTQ plus news, culture, and entertainment. Loved this episode of Snatched? Be sure to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. Finally, make sure you check out Gay Times Plus, our membership platform for everyone in our community. And remember, you can find more information at gaytimesplus.com. 